0: That's what I believe about vibration, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're on a certain level, you're going to interact with people who are vibrating at that level. Right. And so raising your vibration will allow you to experience things that you've never experienced before and see situations and people that you wouldn't have realized if you were in a different state of mind or vibration.
1: Hello, friends, and welcome back to Curiously Wise. I'm Lauren Whittig, your host, and today I have a really awesome guest. I know I say that all the time. All of my guests are really awesome, and I have really enjoyed getting to know Coach Lee Hopkins. I always want to say Lee Harris, and you are not Lee Harris, the Coach Lee Hopkins. Let me tell you a little bit about him, and then we will dive into our conversation. Coach Lee is a friendship coach who helps young adults and busy professionals find new friendships, heal damaged relationships, and overcome friendship breakups. His coaching business is called Patterns of Possibility, and I just love
0: that name. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Lauren. I'm so glad to be one of your awesome guests that's here today. You're joining a tribe
1: of awesome people. I just, yeah, I I never have. Anything but a lot of fun with these conversations. So I want to just start with, you have a very interesting journey to finding your authentic self. Yes. And that's a journey I've been on in my life as well. It's uh, As I said to you a few minutes ago, it's been a value of mine to be authentic, but I didn't know how to be authentic for a long time. And I'm still, you know, fine tuning that for sure. For sure. So tell us how you got to where you feel like you can live an authentic life now.
0: Wow. Yeah, that is a, a really amazing question because, of course, being authentic is something that continues to grow. Mm-hmm. It's an ongoing experience. And that realization that I can be authentic or what is authenticity took a long, long time. I know I've heard it a lot. So I'm a child of the 80s and the adults in my life, you know, I was I looked up to them for insight and clarity about life. And one of the problems that I, I had was making friendships. That's why I'm a friendship coach. Mm-hmm. One of the problems I had, I, I realized everybody else was making friends, but there was something wrong with me. It seemed like there was something wrong mm-hmm. with me. And the adults in my life had said, it's given me the sage advice, be your authentic self. And I'm like, no, because they don't <laughs> like me. It <laughs> must be wrong. <laughs> If all you have to do is make authentic or to make friends is be authentic, then what am I doing wrong? Well, my authentic self then became kind of murky and confusing, like, oh, I'm supposed to people, please. And then people will like me. That's authentic, isn't it? And that didn't work either. (laughs) And so I went on this journey to discover myself. And I thought that, well, since... You know, my authentic self is not accepted by these people or I don't know what authenticity is. I need to go on a journey to find it. So I had started moving around from place to place. So I grew up in Ohio and I moved all within Ohio when I realized that there are people I I joined friendship groups and people wouldn't like me. And they gave me any inkling of the the fact that they didn't like me. I was like, This is not my tribe. These are not my people. I can't be authentic in this space. And so I would just move and move. And I ended up in California and ended up in Chicago, where I am now, just trying to find people who would accept me for who I was. Mm -hmm. People couldn't accept me because I didn't need to accept me. And that's the piece that's that is really the authenticity piece. How do you become authentic?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's. I know I always felt like an outcast and and I was I was a very nerdy. I was the girl in the front of the class that had all the answers to all the questions. And so nobody liked me either. And I always felt like I didn't didn't really fit in anywhere. Right. And like you, I had been taught now I'm I'm a child of the 60s. So <laughs> it, you know, I was taught that this is, you know, this is how you make friends. And these are the people who should be your friends because mm-hmm. they were the children of my parents, friends, kinds of things. But I never really fit in and I was miserable a lot of the time. So I understand. It's, I think it's something that's pretty common. It's hard when you're, especially when you're beginning to go through puberty and hmm. everything is changing, to know really who you are and who your authentic self is.
0: Right. And I went through this process too. So we didn't talk about this in the, the introduction, mm-hmm. but part of my whole identity is the fact that I'm a transgendered person, a trans man. And I transitioned in my early 30s because I thought that that was going to make me become my authentic self. I've been searching. I've been looking high and low. I've been moving from group to group. I've been trying different things. I've been picking up different hobbies, changing the way I look, changing what I talk about, changing who I date. Mm -hmm. But this one thing was going to do it for me. I was convinced. I knew it. This was about eight years ago when I knew this as truth. As soon as I change, my whole life is gonna change. everybody's gonna start liking me now because this is authenticity and uh, come on <laughs> I just can't stop I can't laugh i can that person who I was eight years ago was super convinced, and I laugh at the fact that man, today they were wrong, <laughs> <laughs> they were wrong. It was not the one answer that I needed because. This authenticity doesn't come from outward. It's not a physical change, but it's more of an emotional, mental change. It's the loving of yourself. It's the understanding of who you are and what you want. And I say that authenticity at its root, this is is the process. It's part of the process to get to me understanding this definition of authenticity. And for me, authenticity is... Simply acknowledging your feelings and expressing them fully. Mm. That's it. If oh, you're in a space, great. yeah, if you're in a space in which you can't do that, then you're going to have difficulty with that authenticity piece.
1: I'm writing that down because I, I love that.
0: Well, thank you. And I i can go on just for a moment. Yeah, keep just, going. <laughs> I got something, something in my head. You know, in fact, when I transitioned, and I'm not saying that This is something that I regret. I'm saying that it was not the end of my journey. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that I want to go backwards and I don't want to do it again. I would make the same choices because this is right for me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely right for me. The expression of this is right for me. So one of the most loneliest times that I've, loneliest times in my life, and I've been lonely many, many times, was when I transitioned. I am as you see me now. And I joined a group of people who went through this process. 1% of our population goes through this physical transition of becoming their true self or, or changing genders.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was in that group. And I couldn't be myself. That's when I knew that this was not authenticity.
1: Hmm.
0: It wasn't outward. It was mm-hmm. inward. Yeah. I always felt okay. I needed to hide something.
1: All right. So, how did you how did you navigate through that needing to hide something to allowing your true self to be visible to be in the world?
0: Yeah, you know, Lauren, I was just so tired and fatigued of having the same feelings around the people that I was with. So, if the universe is a and is a reflection or provides a reflection of who you are and your experiences. I was always around people who didn't validate my feelings. Mm. And as soon as I I recognized that, and it's not that they intentionally tried to harm me, it's Mm. just that they couldn't understand how I felt about my experiences. And I also had trouble communicating my experiences to them. So when I started to realize that meeting people in the bars, meeting people at clubs, meaning people in places in which we can't talk about anything that's important to me Mm -hmm. and hanging out with those people, still spending time with those people, I was stifling myself. I didn't talk about things that were interesting and important to me. I couldn't Mm -hmm. let my real feelings be known. And I felt absolutely lonely. And I kept looking around. I'm like, I'm doing this to myself. I'm showing up at these places. Why am I not excited about people inviting me to events? That's because I don't want to go with them. I don't want to talk about nothing. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about me. I want to talk about what's important to me. I want to talk about how I feel about things. And I can't do it with these people. So the scariest part happened where I was just afraid. If I don't talk to these people, I'm going to be alone. Well, (laughs) Coach Lee, in those spaces, you do feel alone. Mm -hmm. So why don't you be alone and work it out with yourself?
1: Yeah. 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 So I had a similar experience in my 50s where I felt very alone. I have a group of friends. We have my husband and I have a group of friends we had dinner with every Friday, and we just never talked about anything important. We didn't, we couldn't talk politics because it was clear that we were not all on the same page. And so nothing important ever got said. And I never got to talk about the things I loved. The things I was learning and the things I was was yeah. exploring with the, my spirituality. And and I created a women's group that ended up being a lot of people who were looking for the same kind of deep conversations, were exploring the same spirituality, and it was a life-changing community for me.
2: Mm.
1: And I waited a lot longer than you to figure it out. But it is amazing how when you find your tribe, when you find those people who have who are deeply invested in the same kinds of things that you are Hmm. and they validate you and they hold space for you and, and you do the same for them. It's a very powerful change that happens inside. At least it was for me. I got a lot more comfortable being myself. I, I, I used to cry a lot, and I got really comfortable crying in front of other people. You know? Wonderful. <laughs> you know, so it was just, it was, a, it's really, I think it's really an important thing for everybody to think about is the value of your friends. Are they just people you hang out with and, and you know, and you like them, but there's nothing really deep going on? Or are they people that are are supporting you and feeding your soul? Right, And so I, I'm so glad that you figured that out.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And same to you, Lauren, because I believe that we need those people and it takes, it really does take time to find those people. And another thing that there, there's value in all the people that come into our lives, whether they're really close friends or whether they're people that we do activities with. Yeah. It's just that never, what I've learned is that it's super important to continue searching For those people who can provide those deep connections, Mm -hmm. because you're going to find that there are plenty of people who can do activities with, plenty of people you can go out to dinner with, plenty of people you can do things with. spending a
1: little time with them,
0: (laughs) absolutely, they're great for conversation, and that that is very valuable because your your one awesome friend who really knows you deeply can't do everything for you, can't be everything as well. Mm -hmm. So it's really great to have those people, but don't stop there. Don't stop where you just you're just talking about nothing, and I say talking about nothing as in it doesn't really strike your feelings like you can't feel mm-hmm. anything deeply from it. It's a conversation that you'll have and forget
1: right, 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 and for me often it's it's not teaching me anything
0: yes, you, you get know? to learn so much about yourself,
1: yes, about myself, about the world around me. I get to get alternative perspectives that helps me to stretch my perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's the piece that I, I miss. I grew up in a family that had deep political conversations all the time, but I missed that in my life. And that's what that group gave me. That's why I created this podcast, huh? because during the pandemic, I lost that group because we were very uh, connected to being in person and it just didn't translate very well. But I was like, I need, I need those people. And I had yeah. one friend that we just set up every other week. We'd have a, a two hour Zoom call to talk about deep stuff. You know? <laughs> That's so awesome. Through. Yeah. So this, but that one of the real impetuses behind Curiously Wise was I wanted to have these deep, I call them juicy conversations. Yeah. And now I get to do it with people who I don't even know until I meet them here. You know? so, <laughs> That so is so been, awesome. It's been a, a really beautiful way to expand that that deep connection kind of conversation that I, I yearn for. So,
0: yeah, very fulfilling. It stretches you out a whole lot because, wow, here you are talking to a Black trans man yeah. from the 80s. From yeah. the, I'm not from the 80s, but I was born in the 80s. Right, <laughs> right. You know, with yeah. a whole different set of life experiences in you, and we can sit here and relate. Yes. We can sit here and relate and we can understand each other and it's really fulfilling. And it's just like, it just goes to show that there are so many people out there that you can really connect with and only happens if you become your authentic self. It'd be, be real with your feelings and what you really need for yourself. Otherwise I couldn't have this conversation with you. I would deny everything about who I am. In fact, I created a friendship with a coworker who I really enjoyed a whole lot, but they had no idea that I was trans. Mm. I didn't didn't want to tell them. Mm. I need to keep it a secret from everybody in the office. I just wanted to make friendships and connect with people. And sure enough, I met his wife, I met his kids, and we had a nice connection. We talked about stuff, and it was Mm -hmm. like a a different level than the friendships I've had before. And I thought that I'd made it. I thought that I'd had this, (laughs) but then I wanted to start dating people. Mm -hmm. And I kept getting rejected And I'm not here to to say like, oh, those people are bad because they rejected me. No, it hurt that I got rejected and I wanted to tell my friend about it. I wanted Mm -hmm. some emotional support. And I did tell him that I got rejected, but he just said, well, I don't get it. You're not that bad looking. Mm -hmm. Well, (laughs) right? Because he didn't know that I was getting rejected because I'm trans. Yeah. People don't want to date trans people. Mm. Fine. No problem with that. But I did want a friend that can port me through this. Yeah. I was not being authentic and real with this friend. They did not know that there was a problem. And lo and behold, I was alone. Yes. I was was alone. Mm -hmm. So the key to making any kind of friendships and me even having this me being able to have this conversation with you, Lauren, is that I could own that without, yeah, without shame.
1: Yes. Yeah. I yeah. I like who I am. Yeah, I like who you are too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm not that I'm not that bad looking either. <laughs> no, you're cute. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, you're uh, you're. I would say adorable. I'm in my 60s. I can call you adorable when you're. I your like 30s. that. I,
0: <laughs> I accept that. I think it's true too. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, you have that beautiful smile and the great energy about you, and yeah, yeah, you're adorable. So, and I'm I'm a little embarrassed saying that because I feel like well maybe I shouldn't say that, but it's how I feel. So I'm just going to let you know. Yes. <laughs>
0: And it is very well received here, too. Uh, I told
1: you we would smile and laugh a lot, didn't I? <laughs> yes, we did we did and <laughs> my cheeks are... <laughs> <I know. laughs> yes, it's uh, it is so amazing to me that when when we can be completely honest about our shit, if you'll excuse mm. the word and own it and understand that we're still working through it, and it's okay that and people will accept us. It's okay that we're not perfect, mm-hmm. you know those of us who were people pleasers we had to be perfect or mm-hmm. we were not going to please them, so it's sort of imperfectly perfect, right you know? yeah right so it's 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 so freeing when you get comfortable with it,
0: absolutely it is, and you can what I discovered in my journey, and i I really attribute being trans to. Accelerating this understanding of myself a lot more, Mm -hmm. because I was out there trying to make friendships. This is before I met the coworker and after I had transitioned. So I was out and about in Chicago, determining to make friendships. Being determining, I wasn't going to go to places. I was going to go to new places, and I was going to have a new mindset. As I learned from, from therapy that a positive mindset is what you need to connect with people. And I was just getting in touch with my own feelings and understanding what they are. Mm -hmm. So I had this idea. I'm going to go to this comedy club and I'm going to strike up a conversation with one person and we're going to have a great time. And I did that. Mm -hmm. I did. We had a great conversation for about 20 minutes. And I also knew that being authentic was sharing the truth of who I am, essentially being trans. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought it was sharing mm-hmm. that. And I wanted to share it with him so that we can connect even deeper. You know, I want to be upfront with him. I don't want to yeah. mess around and, and waste any time. And so I leaned the conversation towards LGBT stuff. They had said to me, well, you know, Lee, I don't have a problem with trans people, but I've just never met anyone. Before, never trans people before. And I, I don't know why they would ever go through the process. And what that, ha- what that said to me, what I heard was that he had a knowledge gap. Mm-hmm. He didn't know. He wasn't, and he didn't have any animosity. Right. He just didn't know. And I could feel that knowledge gap for him. And as I reveal my authentic self, we can be friends because we had such great conversation already. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I tell him, I'm trans. And he freaks out. Like his face just like, just like oh that. Right? Uh-huh. And he leaves. He leaves. He didn't say anything to me. In fact, oh. he leaves the venue. He's so shocked or whatever, he leaves the venue. Now, the Lee back then was was devastated. I had mm-hmm. all this positive energy mindset, and mindset. I'm going to be my authentic self. And this is probably the the thing that made me not want to share me being trans anymore. It's because, oh, yeah. well, I just lost a friend. I just lost. I, I was so, I believed so much that in our 20 minutes of conversation that we were going to be best of friends mm-hmm. forever. <laughs> and <laughs> I just had to let that go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was so desperate, but. I had to let that go, and I only I share that story because when you are your authentic self, and you know that, then you know that that person just wasn't for you. That person Mm -hmm. just wasn't meant to be my friend at that point in time. Right? Perhaps they will return in this in these times, Mm -hmm. and I will not deny the fact that I'm trans to connect with him. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you for certain, if he had said any other word to me, I would have said, "I'm so sorry." to talk about being trans. I will never talk about it again. I will deny everything about who I am so we can hang out.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Right. So it's kind of
1: a a gift that he left then. Yes. It it lets you reflect on what you would have done. Absolutely. And and choose
0: not to do that in the future. (laughs) Absolutely. Because that just got me the frustration that I had before. Mm -hmm. That's what I've been doing before. Mm -hmm. Like denying everything about how I felt about things to be with people that don't talk about anything. That are right. important to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny how the universe will bring us those lessons when we need them. You know, yeah. and and they bring them back to make sure we got it. <laughs> 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 I think I always think of this, and I use this all the time. I think of of healing, the healing work that we do for ourselves as a spiral, as an upward spiral. So we start down here with the really heavy duty stuff and we don't know what to do. And it takes us a long time to work through it. But then we start to make progress. But then we come back, we spiral up and we come back and oh. Here's another iteration of that same lesson. It's uh-huh. Usually a little bit easier. You usually recognize it a little bit faster. Mm. You get through it, and then you spiral up to the next time, and then you come back to it. <laughs> and it's another iteration. It's maybe it's a different circumstance or it's a different person, but it's another iteration of that same you know energy. And the more often you come back to it, the quicker you recognize it, the faster yeah. you deal with it, the sooner you move through that healing, and you're on to the next
0: thing. <laughs> Yes.
1: And my theory is, and I it's a theory because I haven't gotten there yet, but my theory is eventually you get to where they bring you one and you're like, yeah, that's fine. And move on. And they're like, okay, she got that.
0: (laughs) I love that. I love that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's I had to learn that because and I don't even remember where I came up with that or where I learned it from. But I would get really upset because it's like, I thought I learned that lesson. I thought I, I worked that one out. I thought I healed that problem. And here it is again. Okay. Mm-hmm. I learned finally, it's like peeling an onion. You know, you get the outer one on and then the next one you know, can I work through that. So it's 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 something that I have to remind a lot of my clients that this is a process and it's and we are always a work in process until mm-hmm. until the day we die and beyond. <laughs> yeah. Know? And and just get comfortable with the fact that periodically these things are going to come back to test you and make sure that you're actually healing and you're actually. Moving forward and making better choices and all of those things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love
0: I love that it 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 sounds like you know the patterns of possibility. Essentially, seeing another yes. pattern, seeing a pattern. I like right. this upward spiral though that we're going because I as you talked, I was thinking about well, you know, I've had these experiences in which I've been around people, and this is fairly new because I'm still out there connecting with people and making mm-hmm. friends. That experience that I described to you about this person who rejected me happened more than, I don't know, six years ago. Mm -hmm. And I've had a similar experience fairly recently where I was hanging out with some people and it was like they didn't quite reject me, but they were talking about things that weren't interesting to me and they were inviting me to spend more time with them. Mm -hmm. So I guess the more challenging thing is, well, what am I going to do with this rejection? And the idea is that I'm not getting rejected. Is they're offering me something that I don't want? What are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Are you
0: going to pretend that you want to be in that space and give up your real feelings or not? Mm-hmm. So what you said, I think, really applies to to me in my life, and I like the way. Well, everybody, I, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna say yeah. everybody, <laughs> everybody, everybody, <laughs> everybody, and beyond. We're 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 going we're going this way. We're doing yeah. this,
1: yeah.
0: And I I just find it very insightful.
1: Yeah. And it's, I find I, once I understood that that was the process and I I like the upward spiral because I do feel every time I come through one of these events where I'm repeating it, but it's a simpler method or I'm seeing it sooner. I come out and I'm living now at a higher vibration. I've let go of the weight of that. And I literally feel like I'm at a higher frequency. So every time I go through this, I do feel like my, sort of my baseline frequency rises up Mm. and it's so much nicer living when you're living in a higher vibration than in those low, heavy ones. Oh, yeah. So, so I like that the upward spiral, too, I think is a good a good visual for what you're actually doing. You're raising your vibration as you move through these things with greater and greater ease.
0: Yes. the, the raising of the vibration and then, you know, you'll see different things. Don't do, so you'll start interacting with different. That's what that's what I believe about vibration, mm-hmm. you know, when you on a when you're on the on a certain level, you're gonna interact with people who are vibrating at that level. Right. And so raising your vibration will allow you to experience things that you've never experienced before and see situations and people that you wouldn't have realized if you were in a different state of mind or vibration.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And state of mind and vibration is very connected. It's, you know, they're they're joined very closely. Yeah. I think um, it's
0: I think it like science and religion or it's science and, and spirituality, they use these terms to talk about the same thing. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's like people who are more spiritual like vibration and mm-hmm. state of mind for some other people, men- mentality. But I also know that the string theory, just a little... Yes, geeky, oh, like, quantum,
1: yeah, quantum, quantum physics. physics like, mm-hmm. and
0: they're, they're catching up. Well, they are. We're, we're, they're we're figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as if yeah, else... as,
1: as a healer, I work primarily remotely. With people mm. because I can connect with their energy and ac- around the world <laughs> you mm-hmm. know so and so quantum physics explains why that's possible and I love that the scientists are finally going you know what all this woo woo stuff they're onto something
0: you know? yes they're starting to get it that's yeah, so that... <laughs> yeah
1: so yeah so I talk about frequency or vibration a lot mm-hmm. so let's shift gears just a little bit and let's talk about your coaching okay so, First of all, how did you come to decide to be a friendship coach? Cuz that's I hear about all kinds of coaches, but you're the only friendship co- coach I've run
0: across. Well, I'm selfish. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I honestly believe that's the only way that we we should live. I want to take the stigma out of selfishness. Yes. Yeah. And that this idea of being selfless isn't something that I subscribe to where you're doing things for the sake of doing for helping another person. Mm -hmm. But when you help another person, it should satisfy you in some way. And so that's what I do with this coaching or that's why I got started in in it because as I started to learn more about myself and what I wanted, I realized that there were a lot of people who weren't able to do it. So when I say what I want, I want people to talk about their feelings in a genuine way. I want them to not hide or not mislead or, or not be sarcastic. I appreciate direct expression of your feeling Mm -hmm. and so a lot of people weren't feeling safe to be able to do that they didn't even know how to do it or they weren't in a safe space to do it and so I started cultivating these kind of safe spaces just with people I talk to in like a a regular conversation and I share my feelings and I want them to share their feelings but they won't Mm -hmm. they don't know how Mm -hmm. and so I realized that well I want a friend who can do that and so if I if I want people who can do that, it'd be advantageous for me. It would be a great benefit to show them how to do it. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that people really wanted me to do this as a business. Like I, there's a really a demand for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And yeah, that's how I got started in it.
1: Cool. So if somebody were to come and work with you, what does that, what does that look like?
0: Well, since i'm working with friendships the first thing i'd want to do is identify what kind of friendship are you looking for now if you're working with me my goal is definitely going to get you to create to get the skills to get the friendship that is really close-knit that you can share your secrets with that Mm -hmm. you can talk about interesting important things with Mm -hmm. i want to help you get those skills but if you're looking for a, a coworker buddy or you just want to get along with people at your job or you want to you are looking for somebody who is going to be an activity partner. I can help you find those people too. It still involves the skill of opening up and being honest with yourself and being honest with them about your feelings. Mm-hmm. It still involves that skill. So when you're working with me, we'll, we'll talk about what it is that you want. We'll make sure that we go to the, well, set a game plan to go to the right places to meet the kind of people that you want mm-hmm. and work on the skill set of being open and authentic and talking to them.
1: Mm-hmm. Lovely. That's such a, I, I think it's a skill that we were, I know I was not taught, you know, yeah. and, and I don't think we teach our children. My kids are a little bit younger than you, but not a lot. And it's hard to teach what you don't know how to do yourself, you know? Right. So right. I love that you're taking your experience and your journey and turning it into a way to help other people find their way to authenticity and real friendships. I think friendships have really been undervalued.
0: Absolutely. I, yeah. I'm struggling, honestly, I'm struggling with the idea of friendship coach because there's so many people who hear friendship and, and like like you said, it's undervalued. They don't they don't believe that they need a friend mm-hmm. or they have a friend which doesn't provide them any value. Mm-hmm. Like the people that I used to hang around with just for the sake of having people. Those right. are my friends. No, they're not. And according to my definition. Right. Right. Right, <laughs> but they're not. So I'd like to help if, if that feels if that lands with anybody who's listening, but I'd like to structure it around saying something like authentic platonic connections, mm-hmm. working towards this where you can talk about the things that are real important to you with mm-hmm. people that you have no romantic desire for, no romantic interest that just messes makes yeah. it a little messier right <laughs> right, necessary.
1: yeah, 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 because friendship is i've I've been one who usually has one really close friend. And that's been true cyclically in my life. You know, it's like I did when I was in elementary school and then I did in college or in high school and then kind of didn't in college. But I've had one as an adult for she and I have been really close friends for over two decades. Wow. Now, she lives in a different place. We don't see each other all that often. We both have busy lives, so we don't spend a whole lot of time together. But boy, when we get together, oh, my God, we pick it right up where we left it off. And and. We talk about important things and we talk about, you know, our, our goals and our dreams and and all of those things. And it's we always have so much fun. And so, yeah, I'm, we're we're overdue for a weekend, a girl's weekend. But that's such a valuable. I mean, I've been married for almost 40 years, mm. so I've had I mean, and, and he's very much, a, you know, a best friend as well, but it's a different kind. Yeah, Yeah. But you need those people in your life who you don't have to have the romantic relationship with because like you said that does that creates another layer of
0: complexity yeah um, absolutely and support then, you yeah. and then also I don't care who you are but if you are in a romantic relationship they're going to get on your nerves Yep. you need somebody to talk to about them exactly you need somebody exactly. to help you troubleshoot your other relationship right like, so you got a best friend that tells you oh girl you're wrong Mm -hmm. Or girl, you could try this. Or I can't believe he did that. Mm -hmm. Somebody there (laughs) to talk to you about it. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, because you really do, you need somebody, any relationship you're in, no matter how long it is, if it's romantic, there's going to be things that bother you and you don't want to like go off on your partner. You want, you need to vent somewhere else.
0: Right. (laughs) You You need to go. And and another, and you can also get some insight on what you might be doing because They've probably heard you say it for the fifth time that yes, you have done something and you just have not noticed. Mm-hmm. You have not noticed, but they're like, "I've got you" because I'm your good friend and I'm going to tell you this hard thing.
1: Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They hold hold you to it. They, well, I mean, this friend of mine knows me better than I know myself, and she'll go, "Lauren, <laughs> <laughs> she, she's got to look know. for you. She's got to look. If you're doing it again. <laughs> like, damn it, I thought I had figured that one out." You know? But then she's she's not judgmental about it. She's just right being you know she's she's being the, an observer for me. Yeah, we just don't we often don't see ourselves very clearly. Right so, on, and it's, yeah,
0: especially in that romantic lovey dovey thing. Maybe. I know so so many friends. I I would have benefited. So much from a, a friend who could see me wearing rose-colored glasses, who would just kind of slap me to reality, like, yeah. hey, <laughs> "What are you doing?" <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Those friends are very valuable, mm-hmm. and and sometimes they can be siblings, but more often they're they're people that are not in your family that can have a a different kind of perspective on on you and your life, and it's very valuable. And I don't, I I don't see our culture valuing friendship,
0: not at all. Not nope. at all. And I want to say it baffles me, but it's just that we value a lot of things over the wellness of our person. Right. So that's not yeah. a surprise that our relationships with people wouldn't be something we value as much. We we value hustle culture. Be be busy, busy, busy over your health. Don't sleep. Right. Like well, you need kinda of, kind of need to sleep. I kinda of need to eat too. Yeah. And eat healthy things. So,
1: right, all that
0: all and that even stuff better, is eat healthy say.
1: things in the company of people you like. <laughs> you know, there you go <laughs> There's a lot to be said it's It's mm-hmm. funny. We got to go to Europe last summer to France, Italy and Scotland and Switzerland. We were doing the Tour de Mont Blanc hike. I lasted one day, and then my knees gave out. Oh. My husband did the whole thing, but being in France for a couple of weeks, I had been a student there in college, reminded me. How they really honor a meal, you oh. know it's a slow event you are you are not hustled hustled out of there. You come and you stay as long as you want. people stay for a couple of hours. you eat several courses, but they're small, so you're having conversation you got a glass oh. of wine, and you're you, it's it's an it's a social time to share a meal. Whereas we go in and they bring the food to you and you eat the food and you leave the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. It was such a beautiful reminder that that slowing down and nurturing those lovely moments where you can just be present with the people you're with and have great conversations and tell old stories and all that kind of stuff. Mm. It's such a lost art in our culture.
0: Yeah, that that is beautiful. and. I, I've been thinking I'm going to take this with me. And the next time someone says, how can you start cultivating more friendships? I'm going to say, be intentional about the food that you eat and with the people, with the people that you have, like, don't rush yourself around it because I know it's been a habit for me and especially, you know, in this culture and being single too. It's just like, I'm just Mm going to eat my food really quick and then get back to whatever I was doing that wasn't really fulfilling anyway. So yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So I, I worked at the International Monetary Fund for six years, and it's a very international community. I lived in D.C. at the time. And every afternoon at about, I think it was like three or three thirty, the cafeteria would reopen because you know, they had this amazing cafeteria for lunch and they would have tea. And everybody stopped and went down to the cafeteria and had a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and a little something to eat and sat around. We would go with the, with the team that I worked with and we'd just sit around and, and shoot the breeze and, you know, and and talk to each other as people, not as co-workers kind of thing. It was amazing. You know, it's that same idea of there's more to life than work and it's the people and the food that are important.
0: Yes. That is, I'm blown away by it. Honestly, I'm I'm like, wow, that is such a beautiful idea to actually allow people not, not allow that 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 word is Make not correct. Room for it to, encourage. To, it in, sounds yeah, like more encourage. encourage yeah, absolutely encouraging people to be themselves because you yeah. said your whole team went down there. Yeah. I can just yeah. imagine like back at my job, they were like, have you gotten your reports done yet? Yeah. Like yeah.
1: Well, this was a <laughs> while you... ago too, but it, it it's a very European culture kind of thing. Ah. Mm. And it's a very European culture, at least at the time it was it was, you know, probably dominated by that. And when Americans got when we got work there, we didn't want to go anywhere else. <laughs> 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 I only left because I had a baby and I was going to stay home with her. But but yeah, it was it was an amazing cultural understanding that we need that time to relate to each other and to enjoy food together. It's very nurturing. Yes, mm. we're nurturing mind, mind, body and spirit when we're doing that. Yes. and and it's i i forget how lovely that 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 little you know 45 minutes or so was in that part of the day where you're like i'm done i'm spent and and you know okay go have go have a little time to be people and and then come back and you can you know finish up whatever you need to do in the next thirty minutes, <laughs> <You> know, <it's laughs> but yeah. So that's something you can maybe add to your to your coaching. Is I'm
0: going to yeah, <laughs> I'm going yeah, to take that.
1: <laughs> it's it it shocked me how much impact that made on me this last summer, and it's not something I have brought into my life yet. But not talking to you now, I'm reminding myself. It's like yeah, we need to do more of that. We we used to give before the pandemic. We used to do. Uh, dinner parties every now and then and it was great because we did we just sit around the table and talk and enjoy meal and you know this is beautiful
0: yeah because i just recently created meetup so we can do things in person Mm -hmm. and this is definitely going to be one of the things that i'd like to do in person so i probably the idea was to have a potluck yes and structure it in a way of a kind of a party thing though Mm -hmm. where people are kind of walking around Mm. but i think based on what you've said Mm-hmm. We need to be more intentional about having conversation with each other sitting down. Yes. I think yes. I'm going to take that and run with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. There you go. We brainstormed something we can get yes. from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's I mean, I grew up in a family of storytellers. I grew up in the deep south, grew up in Mississippi. That's where both sides of my family are from. Mm. And and they're they're raconteurs, you know. And so I remember sitting around the dinner table with my parents, just regular dinner and telling stories and cracking jokes. And, and then they'd have these ginormous dinner parties that would go on for hours. And because I was a good little girl, I got to sit at the table and listen to all the conversation. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So so it's, you know, when you're, when you're really the only child, (laughs) you get to do things with the adults more, but that, that generated a, a a love for me of that sitting around the table you know you're probably done eating but nobody wants to get up and walk away because you're just having so much fun talking to each other and being present mm. so yeah they're a gift to the world from us yes
0: <laughs> uh, i love that idea so much
1: yeah it's food's a great way to come together mm-hmm. and, and a potluck i love because everybody kind of gets to bring their
0: specialty yes
1: all right. Well, this is I told you this was going to be fun. We've if, had a great conversation.
0: We sure did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I have I have one question I'm asking everybody this season, and that is, is there a must read book that you'd like to recommend?
0: Well, the must read book that I'd like to recommend is called The, the Celestine Prophecy. I just happen to have it here because I finished it fairly recently, oh, The wow. Celestine Prophecy. By, it's by James Redfield. And the reason why I recommend this is similar to what you were talking about by the spirals and the patterns. It This book really is a it's novel-like. It's written uh, in this idea that our world is full of wonder and also coincidences or synchronicities, as they say. Mm-hmm. There's something to learn from the people that you meet, the kind of conversations. There's something to learn about yourself from the people that you meet, and although this is, I think it really works well because it is in novel form. It really highlights how that is something that happens in real life. And mm-hmm. if you're looking for these synchronicities, you can find them in your life too. So, absolutely, yes, absolutely. The little All the lessons, time. yeah. The, the lessons more that you, you learned.
1: are aware, the more you mm-hmm. find.
0: Yes, the more you absolutely. Kind
1: of looking, is there is there something synchron synchronous synchronous. That's the word now. Yeah. I find them all the time in my life. It's I yeah. mean, it's amazing. So thank you for sharing that. I have not read that. I've heard of it, but I have not read it. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have so many books to read this year.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Lee, can you tell the listeners where they can find
0: you? Yes. You can find me at patternsofpossibility.com. I, right now I have a, a webinar that's happening. It's all about having these kind of conversations. So it's a free webinar. Check it out. If you go to possibility.com it's about having meaningful conversation, how to get it started. Skip the small, skip the small talk and speak from the heart. Mm. And you can find me on all social media at Parents of Possibility as well. Once again, of possibility.com Excellent.
1: Excellent. All right. Well, I want to thank you for, for being here today. This has been such a treat. I'm so glad that you reached out to me because I feel like I have I've learned so much from you, but I also feel like I've learned, as you just said, a lot about myself as I'm reflecting on these things, especially the eating thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So so I always yeah, I love I love these conversations. I always learn something and I always feel like I walk away with a new friend.
0: So same. Thank you so much. It feels really great to hear that. Good, good.
1: All right. And I want to thank the listeners for being here with us on Curiously Wise Practical Spirituality in Action. And I hope that you will go check out Patterns of Possibility with Coach Lee Hopkins. I think he's adorable, but I also think he's really brilliant. So (laughs) (laughs) I've embarrassed him again. So until next time, every Tuesday we have a new episode and I hope you'll join us again. Have a great day and stay curious. Thank you so much for joining us today on Curiously Wise. I hope this conversation has left you feeling inspired and curious about the world around and within you. After all, curiosity is the key to growth and understanding. So keep asking questions and exploring new ideas. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and or leaving a review. It helps us be found by others. If you're curious to learn more about me or my healing practice, Heartlight Wellness, head over to my website at heartlightjoy.com. Until next time, I'm Lauren Whitting. Stay curious.